When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome, dear listeners. I'm Jonathan Carlin. And I'm Benjamin Carlin. And we invite you to join us through the Gryffindor, your one-way ticket to the enchanting world of Harry Potter. So grab your wands, dust off your broomsticks, and join us as we unlock the treasures behind Chamber of Secrets, Chapter 2, Dobby's Warning. I've been waiting with bated breath. Is that even the phrase? Do do people say bated breath? Anyway, you, you closed last week's episode and you were like, I don't like the chapter art for Dobby's warning and I I want your full critique go (laughs) I'm sure you could point out all the things I can first of all Dobby looks one uh, just like a little too I don't know like cute or like clean or something and such yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. also uh, I'm sorry is he holding a hat a hat because he is he's holding a hat and he's wearing shoes which like what is that it's like insult to injury salt in the wound the whole thing with house elves is that <laughs> they aren't given clothes and he has two separate pieces of clothing besides the pillowcase that have been given to him like he should not have shoes he should not have a hat he should not look so like expertly cared for expertly care even his pillowcase doesn't look properly ragged i mean i just i don't like it i think it's i think it's a misrepresentation and it feels like they didn't read the chapter i to be honest with you i i (laughs) it it didn't even occur to me that dobby is holding like garments. He's holding would, clothing that, that would clearly indicate. I also found in I, I found a description of the etymology of the name Dobby. Oh, that, did you? Well, and, and here's the thing. I'm going to I'm going to say that I discovered this, but then I tried to fact check it and couldn't find it anywhere else. So may, maybe it maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But the the rough idea is that the the Dobby actually refers to a kind of elf that once upon a time would come out like in the middle of the night to like tend to chores about your house oh. and such kinds of elves. So you wouldn't even call them elves. You would call them Dobbies. Oh, um, would, would or could be set free. I believe if you get, if you granted them shoes, interesting. Um, so it, it is kind of funny that, that this particular illustration is depicted wearing shoes, but to be fair, the other thing that I found was that a Dobby is a, and maybe it's going for like a Dobbin. Um, I'm not sure, but like a, like a small, um, uh, like like loom type device, like mm. a way of like weaving together fabrics, okay. which I sort of thought was interesting because we eventually Dobby makes his own socks. Yeah, that's true. Uh, which is kind yeah. of fun. Um, but 
I, I, now, now that you are giving me some of your explanation, I do see it more. I otherwise find it to be, uh, look up like, uh, like I, I think, I think house elves are creatures that in execution, it's hard to do in a way that doesn't like maybe look uncanny or creepy or something. Sure. Um, and I don't think that it looks like either of those, but it does look like a, like a much more well tended to house elf than what is described. In yeah. Chapter. Yeah. It's not like it's a badly drawn picture. It's just uh, doesn't reflect Dobby. <laughs> no, I understand. I I mean, I just spent I spent the entire time reading the chapter and like half of my brain was like in the background just being like, why does Jay dislike this, this image so much? I'm so curious. I to mean, find there you why. go. Now you know there why. We go. Okay, so not not so. Jay's favorite image. But anyway, so Dobby's <clears throat> warning is um, kind of a, a very curious chapter. You could probably pose somewhat of a philosophical question uh, a la like Wally and the sentiment of like, I don't want to survive. I want to live, yeah. um, you know, to, to the entire Dobby paradox, which is that Dobby is trying so hard and respects Harry so much and is so flattered by the way that, that, that Dobby is going to be treated uh, by Harry as, as effectively just an equal entirely, something yeah. that he's so not used to. And yet his whole mission is to undermine basically everything that Harry loves. Um, uh, yeah, basically. And, and in the name of protecting Harry. Yes, in the name of yes. protecting Harry. But and, not from himself. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Dobby can harm Harry however Dobby sees fit. Right, okay. <laughs> Dobby can break your arm all right you're not dead by a basilisk right you're right, right. welcome yes exactly um who cares if you live in solitary confinement in the upstairs of the dursleys for the rest of your life you know right right at right. least you won't be dead at least you won't be dead but you know I, I think this is one of those classic examples where dobby's best of intentions are probably um uh like like ill-considered or something. What am I trying to find here? What are the words I'm looking for? But like, I mean, it's just ultimately, I think it ends up being really good and interesting for the overall plot. But, but Dobby's whole mission is, is slightly misguided at best. Yeah. No uh, doubt about that. Beginning. But I do, I do still, I still love Dobby very much, but of course this chapter also really, I think shines a light on just how much I love Harry as well. Yeah. Um, because I love the way that basically like as, as far as Harry is concerned, he has just endured quite the day. I mean, there's no doubt. What, what he's is painting he painting benches? He's mowing lawns. <laughs> he's washing he's cars, washing, trimming, yeah. trimming rose bushes. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's just doing this, that, and the other on yes. top of it. Um, he's exhausted. All he's had is two slices of bread and a lump of cheese right. to eat. He's absolutely supposed to go and very easily appease the Dursleys by essentially going to his bedroom and making no noise for the rest of the evening when he stumbles across uh, effectively an intruder in his space. Yeah. Um, who he is then nothing but absolutely polite to the whole time. Oh, I know. And despite how like nice he is to Dobby and how much Dobby is like, you're so great, Harry Potter. Dobby is just like, yeah, I'm going to ruin your day real quick. Yes. Uh, but the very first thing he does, it, it means he says he wanted to ask, what are you? But thought it would sound too rude. So instead he said, who are you? And it's like just right out of the gate that like the the 
like politeness to treat him just as an individual instead of like a creature yeah. is like like his first instinct. Right, right, right. Like his yeah, and his instinct. I was instinct was exactly the word I was going to use. Or in, or in the exact right place. Like this is somebody who is like attempting. He's in an unknown <coughs> situation and still trying to find the correct way to find his footing. Yeah, uh, which is which is you know which what you want there. Um, and then he asks him to uh, to sit down. Um, he yeah. apologizes to him. He says, "I didn't mean to offend you or anything." Offend Dobby, choked the elf. Um, yeah, Dobby has never been asked to sit down by a wizard like an equal, like never asked to sit down, never once at the mouth was like, Dobby, have a seat. Like, oh boy. I know. Yeah, that's that's just, it's, it's, it's a long life. <laughs> it's the type of thing where it's like, I, I can't imagine how uncomfortable it would be <clears throat> to live an existence where you're actively needing to summon enough anger in your person to be rude to a creature who lives in your house at all times. Like, like just, just so you can continuously disrespect them. I know. It just seems like, like, it seems like most people would have more of like an affectionate kind of relationship with an elf. Uh, yes, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it's like, and it's a, it's. There's no good way to slice house elves. Like, I mean, it's just like it's not yeah. a good situation in the first place. But like, it, it's one of those things where, at at bare minimum, like this is this is something that is ultimately providing like a like a you know like a positive. I don't know, like service I, it all makes me very uncomfortable i know but like, i know it's i um, guess maybe what it boils down to is that really the only people who would be okay with like having uh, a slave are just intrinsically bad people sure so yeah, like yeah. there's like that layer to it like if there was like an affectionate relationship they'd just be free that's know, true right yeah, then that's or just, they just, just pay just, them just show or, them respect yeah let yeah. them be paid employees the other thing is that like how self, that's such a good point like You're right like the, the very nature of owning one in the first place is like that's the that's marker. already yeah, the problem yeah, yeah right because like the other the other thing about house elves that is just like the, the extra layer of ick on it is that all of the stuff they do it's like filch it's like they have to do like this sort of manual labor stuff or stuff that's magic and it's like it you can already do magic you know like the like 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 the weasleys don't have a house self and it's like oh we need to clean up it's like wave wand done yes you know it's like there's there's like almost like they 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 do chores but like chores are not a problem in the wizarding world right right (laughs) like the kind of stuff they're doing is like, and it also just seems like they must. The one thing that I would love to have done at my house is laundry, but that's like the one thing they can't do. Oh, because right, that yeah. would involve giving them clothing. Yes, you know. Yes, yep. Um, no, this is this is kind of interesting because I think for a little while there we went down this like total rabbit hole of like the economics of the wizarding world and yeah. how like like a galleon if it is in fact made of solid plated gold, uh, just simply if you were to compare it to like a British pound, we sort of like mathed it out, but like any single galleon in at least U.S. dollars would translate to approximately like two thousand dollars of like of, right. of value in, in just in terms of like the the pure gold right but then the entire wizarding you know economic system is so very different from anything you can ever imagine because they have magic and magic can solve most of their problems so it's right. like 
you don't need to go and you, you don't even need to be marketed a new blender because you can just do the, you can do whatever a blender can accomplish on your own. Right. You know? And so it's like, you, you don't need to like, it's like one of those things where it's like, we're like the Weasleys are poor, but it's like, but the same way, like, but they're just not like, because they like, I mean, well, I, I guess like from like a dollar's perspective, if you want to like compare like the life to, uh, like the Weasleys are rich in the ways that count. Exactly. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Like, you know, they're they're able to do all the things that they need to do. And I think what it comes down to is that it's like maybe that that translates more to like the the materialistic side yeah. of things. Well, this is the other the other 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 layer of ick on house elves is that like like Ron at one point says like, oh, whoever it belongs to, it'll come from they like they're like they come with like big wizarding mansions or whatever. Right. So it's like uh, the other weird part about it is like all all of the families that actually would have them are also families that have like tons of galleons to spare. Oh, sure. You know, like yes, it would be yeah. so easy to pay them. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so just whole thing. The, the other thing is that like they also just seem extremely magical. Like I would be very interested to know what the history of like of house elves is that like they became enslaved at some point it does like seem, what happened yes yeah it seems it seems really strange like um like like it does you're exactly right like it feels like there could be like a really uh like like an origin story could be applied to mm-hmm. whatever the circumstances because it does seem like it's kind of like what we said in the in last week's episode we were talking about like Dobby's ability to stop all the letters or to interfere with the bludger or to block the barrier between platform nine and three quarters like like the things that he's pulling off are rather significant feats of magic even if you want to fast forward to Deathly Hallows like yeah nobody else can disapparate in or out of Malfoy Manor but like Dobby can. But Dobby still can. Like, yeah, like elf disapparation is different than wizard disapparation in some way. I right. Guess. Yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So yeah. Um, it definitely seems like what whatever they can do is is rather remarkable. And uh, we, we see that on display. But then the other thing <coughs> is that their limitations, um, at least in terms of uh, the ones that they have kind of had like imbibed into their way of seeing the world, which is that if they were to say anything negative about their masters, which is exactly what's happening to Dobby here, which is just basically <coughs> that like Harry says, you can't have met many decent wizards, said Harry, trying to cheer him up. Dobby shook his head. Then without warning, he leapt up and started banging his head furiously on the window, shouting, bad Dobby, bad Dobby. So the thing I find kind of interesting about this is that like clearly Dobby has this like extreme inner struggle where it's like he's he's there for a reason. He's there trying to protect Harry. He's trying to do the right thing. Um, and yet he still can't really speak counter to like the Malfoys. He can't even say who they are, apparently. Yes, he can't even. Yeah. Right. Correct. But like the thing that blows my mind is that he was even able to successfully make it to Privet Drive in the first place. And apparently has been able to make it there a bunch to intercept the letters yes. all year. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. So it's like what what kind of blows my mind is like what what must Dobby's like uh loopholes or or like what is he figuring out as like ways that like like what he is doing is both still following whatever orders the Malfoys have given him like 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 by being here in the first place like if he can't say something negative about the Malfoys, I can't believe he could get there. So how has he been able to figure out how to get there? I know. Well, it's like if you go to like Order of the Phoenix, there's like one where like, you know, Sirius is just wants Creature to get out of the room and is like, get out. And like Creature is able to like loophole his way into that, meaning he can like leave the house altogether That's to true. go talk to Narcissa and Bellatrix. That's a good point. That's so good it's point. like it could yeah. be something very similar to like that or else Dobby is just 
straight up breaking the rules. Yeah, 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 which is possible. The the thing I don't know I don't know why it reminds me of this, but there was that challenge when we were like in elementary school where they would like make you do the um like you had to write the directions down on how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Right. And then like you would get in front of the class and like you know you you don't realize how intense the teacher is going to be about this particular assignment, but like she will stand there or he will stand there with their um uh, they're like all the supplies, you know, so there's, right. there's like a butter knife and a peanut butter jar and a jelly jar and like a loaf of bread in a bag. And you have to write down like, like reach forward and place your hands on the bag, undo the twist tie, right? Open the plastic bag, reach your hand in and remove a slice of bread, right? You know, but like most people just jump to like pull a slice of bread out. And then like, you know, the teacher would, would stand there and like, like poke their hands at the bag and be like, how? <laughs> uh, yeah, I like, can't do it. Right, right, Need instructions. Right. So, like, I, I almost wonder if this is if this is like how self logic, where like everything is very like literal to the tune of like like exactly like you just said, like get out. It's like okay, yep, there you I, go. I will get out of this room and the, and the house and the entire house. Right. And while I'm out of this house, the thing I'm not supposed to be able to do, I can go and do the thing that I do want to do. Right. Yeah. Well, okay, here you go. He even says sometimes they remind me to do extra punishments. Maybe when they remind him to do extra punishments, he's like, I'll go break some rules and then I'll have to do extra punishments. Oh, like, you know? like yes, 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 yes. I like that. No, yeah. that's really good. Like, so, so what he's doing is like, okay, if you need me to do extra punishments, no problem whatsoever. I will go and break the necessary rules in order to merit the necessary punishments because it, like, otherwise it would be that exactly that type of like, right. like way too literal situation. It's like, well, I haven't done anything wrong, so I need to do something wrong. Oh, oh, that's I, fun. I totally think I do that's like it. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ooh. it's awful oh, in the yeah, first place, but yes. once again, it's, it's the, the dark forces like they're, they're, they're themselves. They're upending themselves yeah. always. Yeah, always. Like they're their own worst enemy. Yeah. Uh, there's a sentence here that says, uh, this makes the Dursleys sound almost human. I love when I, th- this is like a constant thing where it's like, there's always like Dudley being Harry's bully and then there's like Malfoy being way worse than Dudley and it's just like, yep, this is, continues to be true. Yes, yes, <laughs> like, indeed. Like however bad you think the Dursleys are, boy, do the Malfoys suck. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. And and that's that's like literally what I wrote down <clears throat> is like, well, I mean, I wrote down like the Malfoys and the Dursleys are not that different, but I think it's interesting that it's it's because like in both cases what you've quite literally got is somebody who is being so spoiled to a fault that they have like like it's like you can't there's the scene where Dumbledore arrives in Half-Blood Prince to collect Harry to go and do the mission with Slughorn and inside of that particular mission Dumbledore makes a comment where he's like the irreparable damage you've done to the boy sitting between you uh, regarding to like uh, Petunia and Vernon basically flanking either side of Dudley and they're all looking at each other like thinking like when was the last thing we ever did that was mean to Dudley right and (laughs) Dumbledore's whole point is that it's like you have you have like robbed him of the ability to like you know, learn for himself, right? You know, build his own self-esteem and like, like everything you've done is like built this like weird existence around him, right? He's like, you're not doing him any favors, you know? Yeah. Like Um, you you think you're helping him, but you're just making it worse. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, but I think that basically ends up being exactly the case with, with Draco as well. Absolutely. Uh, moving on, there's a line where, um, 
Uh, Harry says, please be quiet. If the Dursleys hear anything, if they can't, know, they can't know you're here. And Dobby says, Harry Potter asks if he can help Dobby. Dobby has heard of your greatness, sir, but of your goodness, Dobby never knew. And I think this is a very intentionally in here because it's like the opposite of what Ollivander says when Harry gets his wand, ah, where yes. he says like, you know, oh, he who must, we must expect great things from you. After all, he who must not be named was great, terrible, but great. And this is like, oh, but Harry is... Uh, great, but good. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. That's exactly <laughs> yes. it. And, and Dobby is just like completely hitting, you know, the the nail on the head with that one. Um, and then I actually like the very next sentence as well, um, because in reaction to it, Harry says, um, uh, whatever you've heard about my greatness is a load of rubbish. I'm not even top of my year at Hogwarts. That's Hermione. She and then he kind of trails off because thinking about Hermione makes him sad. But um, I, I like this because once it, this is like like Harry holds true to this. Like he's so aware of how great Hermione is as a student to yeah. the point where again, if you fast forward to the Slughorn conversation in, in Half Blood Prince, um, it's the exact same thing. Like he's like he's like my best friend's a Muggle and she's topping our year or Muggle born and she's topping yeah. our year. Um, so anyway, I always love the the praise for Hermione from Harry mm-hmm. as, yes. as, as just like a, you know, quiet from afar. There it Her, is, you know, not, you know. not a Hermione shippers over yeah. here. <laughs> no, we, we, we don't <laughs> need worry to, about that. We don't need to get into it. We don't, you know, no big deal. That's not what we're going for or anything, but you know, but <clears throat> love that. Uh, and then of course the, the exact same thing happens with Ron, like not five seconds later where Harry goes to reference Ron. And then once again, it's just too painful because uh, he now has to think about how he hasn't talked to Ron all summer. And apparently Ron has forgotten about him, except he totally hasn't because right. Dobby has been stealing all the letters. Dobby has been stealing all of the letters. Okay, so uh, there is something interesting in there. He says, okay. well, Dobby says, Dobby heard tell, he said, or so that Harry Potter met the Dark Lord for a second time just weeks ago and that Harry Potter escaped again. So that's true. But then one page later, this is, I found this pretty interesting. It was that, um, is when Dobby is like trying to tell Harry about why he can't go back to Hogwarts. And he says, there is a plot, Harry Potter, a plot to make most terrible things happen at Hogwarts of Witchcraft School, or School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. This year, Dobby has known it for months, sir, which to me is really interesting because it means that Harry and all the like Sorcerer Stone shenanigans that went down with the mirror and Quirrell happened just weeks ago, but that Lucius Malfoy has been planning this Chamber of Secrets like uh, plot for months like way before any of that went down yeah that's like, true that's like true. he's been like i don't know maybe I, I, this is a very clearly like draco you know wait till my father hears about this and it's like well he's heard oh yeah he has yeah. been plotting like well in advance of even learning that like oh voldemort was at the school right you know right. like this was already in motion yeah 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 which which is also kind of interesting because for, for one because i also i highlighted the dobby has doing it for months sir um and i wrote the note next to it which was just simply it's it's not a very elaborate plan <laughs> like I know you know it's like I'm going to <laughs> I'm going to have to work on this for months how will I find myself in a position to plant a diary on a student going back to school hmm mm. um but um, let me wonder out loud so my elf can hear me. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. I, I just imagine Lucius like in his study, just sort of like pacing back and forth, attempting to like put together this evil plot. Yeah. Um, which I, he must think is quite profound. And, he, oh, and, absolutely. You know. There's a, okay. So then Dobby continues to be just the worst informant in the world, though. He's like, this is just such a pointless warning. It's like, you can't go back. There's a plot to make bad things happen. What's going to happen? Who's doing it? Like Harry asks all of the obvious questions. And Dobby's like, hmm. 
mm, I can't tell you any of that. No, why, why would you need reasons? Just believe me. I'm a weird elf that showed up in your room. Yes, the, the <laughs> ambiguous know? messenger. I, feel, yeah. I, I, I wrote down in response to that. Basically, it's just it's so helpful to the overall plot that he can't answer this question. Yeah, because otherwise it would just sort of be like, like, you know, my my master's the Malfoys and then it would just sort of be like, oh, okay, the Malfoys. Are oh, yeah. It. Well, then um, e- even this hair is just like, wait, it's not Voldemort, is it? And Dobby or he who must not be named. And Dobby's like, not not he who must not be named. And it's like, this drives me crazy because like Harry just immediately guesses the right answer. And she's like, oh, 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 how bad are we talking? Like Voldemort bad? Dobby's just like, well, not, not Voldemort, Tom Riddle, sir, Tom Riddle. And it's just like, like, dude, first of all, like he's, it's the same person. You're being, you're being really vague on purpose here. Like he got the right answer. Just, just wow. Also, the, the, that because what why he says not he who must not be named is because he because it's Tom Riddle, not Lord Voldemort. Um, and one, I think it's crazy that Dobby knows Voldemort's identity. Well, I mean, I guess if he knows that it's Tom Riddle's diary, like that, that could be the case. But even that would be kind of interesting. Um, I, I, I'm actually I partially surprised, maybe at your interpretation as well, because I think part of my mind was that he's saying like not. Uh, he who must not be named like because it's it's like not so much directly, but maybe somebody who was like his follower. Um, but oh, you I think also he's talking about Lucius I, I, that sort of Lucius. But the other thing that I, I just find to be interesting and it was the way that you phrased it that made me hear it this way is that it comes across and it's clearly written as a stammer, but it's also a double negative. It's not not he who must not. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you know, so it's like it's it's that to me. I think could be clever writing where it's sort of like when you go back and look at it, it's like is it (coughs) is it he who must is it he who must not be named? It's like, well, it's not not he who must not be named. Wink, wink. wink. (laughs) I think I think Harry asks about this later. He's like, you said it wasn't Voldemort and he says I said it would or is I was like it was a hint. It was a clue Harry Potter a clue or something. (laughs) Dobby was being helpful. You get it. You see yeah, it wasn't he who must not be named. Right, right. Um, yeah, so that's the big question because if 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 Dobby thinks it's Tom Riddle, that would suggest that anybody other than Dumbledore knew that Voldemort's true identity was Tom Riddle. But if Lucius has the diary, and I'm pretty sure it has the inscription that it belongs to Tom Riddle, I think it has his name like on the outside. Yeah, right? yeah. So, um, but I I can't tell if I'm I'm blurring that with like the movie prop. I know we own a movie prop that yeah. says Tom Riddle on. You're right, or maybe it says on the inside. Even so, Lucius must have looked. It's almost certainly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Otherwise, like, how could Dobby know? Right. Do you think yeah. Lucius ever wrote in the diary? Oh, boy. I guess not. <laughs> well, clearly because he's he's announcing all of his his well, very no, maybe he must have. I don't know oh, because, because like he, he knows, knows it, will it will open, open the, the chamber, chamber of secrets, which yeah. I guess Voldemort could have just told him. But it seems a little unlike Voldemort to trust him with that level of information. It does. It does seem a little. But I can't tell. I, at this point, as a reader, so if you go back to like you know like like ten year old me reading this book or whatever, twelve year old me, um, I'm. I'm I still see Lucius as formidable now as an adult who's read the story a million times. I'm like Lucius is a moron. Yeah, like he's just not that impressive, right? Like he he has he has wealth, but he's like I never think of Lucius himself as being terribly powerful or yeah. even capable. Not really. Um, he was just like, well, um, like he, he just 
has resources basically. Yeah, basically. He's I, just a, like a money pit. Um, so yeah, the question, yeah, did he, did Lucius write in the diary? That is a very interesting question. I don't know. That is an interesting question. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to keep that in mind as we kind of like trudge forward here on this one, because it'd be, yeah. it'd be interesting to see if anything ever alludes to the idea that, that he knew exactly what would happen. Yeah. Or if um, like Voldemort told him it would open the chamber or if, he wrote in the diary, and that's how he found out it would open it. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. We'll keep an eye out for the answer to that. Yeah. I also think it's interesting when we get a little bit further down this page that Dobby refers to Dumbledore is the greatest headmaster Hogwarts has ever had. Dobby knows it, sir. Dobby has heard Dumbledore's powers rival those of he who must not be named at the height of his strength. And it's like, it's weird to me that Dobby has this opinion of Dumbledore because he would have spent his entire life in the Malfoy's house and like that's not how they see Dumbledore so like like it doesn't seem like something they ever would have said right so how is Dobby able to <clears throat> surmise this particular opinion yeah when he probably has never been presented with it right like he couldn't have been exposed to this opinion it seems like right right but that's the thing about Dobby that's really unique is that he he doesn't like you know especially when you compare him to creature who has clearly like well and I mean I guess what it must mean with creature is that um, Sirius's mother must have treated creature with enough respect that creature took to her belief system. Sure. Um, which I guess is, is a little bit of a different story from what we have going on here um, with old Dobbert as it were. <laughs> um, but the thing that always blows my mind. Yeah. About, about Dobby is that basically it's like, I mean, he, he really like, he does think for himself. Like, I mean, he does seem to you know, like make his own opinions and, and like whatever, like he, it almost seems like even as much as he's heard about Dobby, it's like where from, you know, like oh, about, uh, about, about Harry. Harry. Yeah. Rather. Yeah. Um, like, you know, he knows about like his, his, his greatness, but not about his goodness. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I, I guess, well, I guess even, I guess eventually we know that Dobby knows winky like, right. Or do they just meet at Hogwarts? No, because they're trying to get a job together. No, I think they meet at Hogwarts because yeah, Dobby's okay. employed at Hogwarts basically immediately, right? Mm, it's not immediately. Is it not? No. Okay. Because mm, he's just sort of like disappears for book three and then comes back in book four. Okay. So like right. it's, maybe there's some sort of like inter-house elf communication system or something. Right, right, yeah. right. More information we could learn in that backstory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, okay. Through the Gryffindor is supported by Pear Eyewear. Y'all, I am so excited for our upcoming Through the Gryffin tour. It is going to be such a good time. But as ever, when you're going to be spending time in front of people, you want to be looking your darned best. And let me tell you what, Pear Eyewear has arrived just in the nick of time. Like, honestly, I was immediately blown away with my new frame. So let me, let me walk you through exactly what they do. So starting at just $60, including your prescription you can get your base frames which are like sleek modern and stylish but that is really just the start because from there you get to fully customize each frame all of your looks by simply snapping on the top frames and they actually have an entire collection 
of Harry Potter frames. So like for the upcoming tour, I was so pumped because like, oh my gosh, I've got to find some super cool Slytherin frames that I can like wear. But then as I was clicking around, I've been watching uh, X-Men 97, which is like so good. And they actually had X-Men frames as well. And then May the 4th is coming up or maybe by the time you're listening, it's already passed. But like they have a huge collection of over 20 Star Wars frames as well. So I, I had a very hard time narrowing and I ended up getting two. I got the X-Men ones and I got some Slytherin ones. So many different like fandom frames you can choose from. And I never thought to accessorize my glasses with fandom stuff, but now you can. And it's so easy to change between them. Like they have little magnets on them. So you can just slap a uh, different frame onto the front of your glasses and then easily switch it out. I've been doing it all day. It's so fun. And before you commit to anything, you can explore all the different possibilities with their virtual try on. But again, the base frames for men, women, or kids, I think honestly kids would love this because you can just switch them out and they're so fun looking. They all start at $60. One pair, infinite possibilities. Go to PairEyewear.com and use code GRIFFIN for 15% off your first pair and support the show by mentioning that through the Gryffindor sent you in your post-checkout survey. That's P-A-I-R-Eyewear.com code GRIFFIN. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, oh, one of the other things that we just jumped over just a little bit was that after after Dobber, uh, after. <laughs> Dobby says it's not he who must not be named or not not he who must not be named. Uh, Harry asks he hasn't got a brother as he <laughs> <laughs> and I literally wrote LOL. Can you imagine? <laughs> There's Bob Riddle. Well, what do you think yeah. he's like? I know. <laughs> he's just like a regular guy. Wouldn't that be crazy if like Tom Riddle senior just like married a muggle woman and had another child? Especially like, if they were like a wizard. Oh my gosh, that sounds like a, some some spicy fanfic. It does. Over there. It does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> that would be. Oh man, it'd be so interesting. Oh yeah, if they were a wizard, and it's just like, uh oh. <laughs> I don't. I don't terribly hate it. I don't terribly I don't hate, hate it. it. That, that feels like a string to pull on. He hasn't got a brother, has he? Harry is sometimes good at predicting the future, so he who is. Knows? He is by mistake, of course. Uh, let's see here. So then, at this point in time, um, um. Let's see here. Let's see. This is where Dobby reveals that he's got. Well, no, it's Uncle Vernon comes up in the room and is like, "What the devil are you doing?" And Harry is like, "See why I've got to go back? It's the only place I've got." Well, I think I've got friends, which I just highlighted is like, what a weird thing to admit in the moment that you're like, I'm not sure if I have friends. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you telling him this? I imagine, I imagine Dobby just laying out like, like just staring at him, letting out like a long exhale, like. <sighs> Well, that's something to unpack, bud. Of course, Dobby, it's like it's convenient for the conversation because Dobby knows that he's the culprit of this exact concern. It's just weird that ha- ha- Harry feels like open enough with Dobby to tell him he's concerned his friends have forgotten about him. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yep, yep. <clears throat> Maybe um, this is what happens when you're in solitary confinement for several days and you haven't heard from anyone and you're just like, man, maybe no one likes me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Dobby, you're my new best friend. <laughs> you're my new best friend. <laughs> You've been appointed. That's it. Um, but then 
then, of course, this prompts uh, Dobby to basically tilt his hand a little bit and say, friends who don't even write to Harry Potter. Dobby slyly. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Aha, my evil scheme. Yeah. <laughs> wait, yeah, wait a minute is literally what Harry says yeah. uh, in reaction. Uh, this is where we discover that, of course, Dobby is the one who has been stopping all of the letters. And I, I do love the description of what Dobby has done. Uh, he says, Dobby has them here, sir, said the elf. Stepping nimbly out of Harry's reach, he pulled a thick wad of envelopes from inside the pillowcase he was wearing. It's like a thick wad. Like, it makes me so happy at how many times. Yeah. Ron, Hermione, and Hagrid have actually been writing him. Right. You know, it's like he's so worried, and it's like, no, no, no. There's a bunch of these. There's a bunch. Yeah. Uh, but then he says, Harry Potter will have them, sir, if he gives Dobby his word that he will not return to Hogwarts. And at this point, like, Harry just keeps, like, refusing to agree to these terms. And I'd, I mean, I just wrote down, like, dude, just lie. Like, <laughs> I, what what do you owe the elf with your truth, you know? I, so I, I saved that for the next page, but I just wrote, like, what would happen if he just lied and it, <laughs> right. like, this is another one of those like like I almost wonder if it's like an unbreakable vow type of thing like where mm-hmm. where if like there's uh, or like an agreement with like a goblin or something like it's right. like there are special terms to these agreements right you know like, like I, you I made a promise to an elf yeah like I like that to me doesn't feel beyond the realm of possibility yeah like but even then Harry wouldn't know that <laughs> No, I agree. Yeah. Like, I mean, that would be Harry. Just, I mean, this is me <clears throat> injecting to the canon something that doesn't exist. And Harry also doesn't know. So largely it all doesn't matter, but I don't hate the idea that this would be a thing. Yeah. Um, and if, if Harry did it in my mind, it's just sort of like, yeah, and then, then he'd be even more screwed. Then he couldn't oh, yeah. go back. Right. Yeah. He, like, he has to keep his word. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like his, he's honor bound by elf code, my elf code. Yep. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Um, uh, so then Dobby goes downstairs and he, uh, uh, you know, gets Petunia's pudding. It says the pudding fell to the floor with a heart-stopping crash. I just highlighted that line because it's just like one of those random moments that I think is better in the movie, where like Harry is like actively trying to go catch the pudding, but it ends up making it look like he drops it on Mrs. Mason's head. Yep, and it's just like, well, that's that's a great scene. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is indeed. Um, but then the the very next page, this was another one that I thought was kind of interesting because it seems like the Masons are are. are kind of reasonable people so far, you know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like this is necessarily what scared them away uh, yet because it says uncle Vernon might still have been able to make his deal if it hadn't been for the owl, right? So it's like so far, it's like <coughs> the, the Masons have kind of entered this house. Some strange things have happened. A, a, a young Dudley has almost certainly lied to them about an essay he's written, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, yeah. like the uncle Vernon, I think is telling some racist jokes. There's, there's the Japanese guy golfer joke. Yes. Like, Come don't on, look it up. Man. Come on. Have you looked it up? No. Is it bad? It's bad. Okay. I don't want to know. Yeah, I will I tell you, it. but yeah. you could look it up in your own time. I feel. Uh, yeah. It's like it's like one of those things where it's like once I know then I can't not know and I'd rather just not know. Just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this was the thing that I was kind of curious about. I was like, I almost wonder if there's a theory to be written here somewhere and I don't even know which dots to connect, but um, basically, so the, the pudding has gone downstairs. They're they're scooping uh, ice cream deep out of the, the freezer as like the backup plane or whatever, um, and everything seems like it could still be salvageable until the owl flies in uh, and Mrs. Mason goes, uh, it says screamed like a banshee and ran from the house shouting about lunatics. Mr. Mason stayed just long enough to tell 
child, the Dursley said his wife was mortally afraid of birds of all shapes and sizes uh, and asked whether this was their idea of a joke. And this it's is like, one of those a joke. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the punchline was ruined earlier, Mr. Mason, but have <laughs> I got a joke for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the reminder. Yeah. <laughs> Let me grab your ear real quick. <laughs> it feels oddly specific in a way that like I almost feel like is the reaction that I think Uncle Vernon might have if he was in a different situation and an owl flew into the room after everything he sort of endured the year prior when all the letters were arriving and, yeah. and Vernon's basically just <coughs> like, you know, losing his wits a little bit in the yeah. process. Um, so it almost makes me wonder if there's any possibility that the Masons themselves have also uh, encountered countless owl deliveries of sorts. Like oh, they have their own, their oh own. Do they have like a wizard. Oh, that'd be so interesting. God, is there a, ma- there's no Masons at Hogwarts. No, it seems like the name would stand of. out. It does. Quickly. Yeah. Because of this exact thing. Right. Right. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. But yeah. I, yeah. So I was trying to think if there was anything magical that could have happened or again, you know, I don't know how I keep flashing forward to half blood Prince, but there's, there is the instance. Oh, maybe it's happening. Maybe it's happening in real time in Half Blood Prince, where like the 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 uh, Muggle Prime Minister's like aide or second in command or or something um, thinks he's like a duck. Uh, is that a thing? Isn't it something like that? Like like yeah, he, he's behaving in like a, a really kind of like right. an unusual yeah. way or something, and and uh, the 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 Muggle Prime Minister's like he's just tired from all the campaigning, and it's like. He's not tired. He's not tired, yeah. right? So it's like m- maybe some somehow, some way, it feels like Mrs. Mason has had a run-in with some kind of magic that has that has made her mortally afraid of all birds of all shapes and sizes, which is just a. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was an oddly specific thing or very unfortunate if you're the Dursleys that this happens to be the case. Otherwise, it could have been quite interesting that an owl flew in and dropped an envelope on. I know. Yeah. Like what if she wasn't afraid of birds? Like was that an owl? It's like, well, that was really cool. This place is interesting. Did it carry a letter? What's going on? (laughs) Does does the letter (coughs) say something cool? What does it say? What does it say? Is it it a request for for drill orders? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Impressive, Vernon. (laughs) Yes. All right. Anyway, the contents of the letter um, are so is so annoying to me. It says, Dear Mr. Potter, we've received intelligence. We've received intelligence that a hover charm was used at your place of residence this evening at 12 minutes past nine. As you know, underage witches are not permitted to perform spells outside of school and further spell work on your part might lead to expulsion. And it's just like, I just, I hate everything about it. Like the unfairness of the underage rule is so dumb. Like they don't even know he did it. They're just like, obviously they don't know who did it because Harry didn't do it. And he's right. just, it's like a immediately guilty until proven innocent. Like there is no like it's not like someone shows up and is like, let's just check your wand real quick or something, which they can do, which they can do. They can do. Priori and cantatum. Yeah, Yeah, they could just priori and cantatum this and be like, whoops. Okay, what happened? Right, right. Dobby. What? Okay, that sounds like the Malfoy's house. Lucius Malfoy has a house elf named Dobby, right? Okay, we're going to have to talk to him about that. Uh, Yes, exactly. Look, it feels like this could have backfired on the right people so well if if it was just handled differently. Yeah, and it's just like it is so annoying because then the next stage, like Harry gets locked in his room or whatever. He says, what was the good of magicking himself out of his room if Hogwarts would expel him for doing it? It's just like, again, like the entire you like that you can't do magic away from school rule. Even that rule just doesn't make sense. Like in this scenario, like where Harry, like the the point of that rule is so that you don't break the statute of secrecy, 
right? Yeah. Like, so that muggles don't find out about it. But, like, in the meantime, Vernon and Petunia already know about magic. So, right. like, Harry doing magic isn't, like, letting anyone else in. It, like, makes no difference if he does it in the house, especially if it's something as innocuous as unlock a door. You know, it's not like it's not like they don't know. Right. It, it feels to me like the system could break down so very quickly. Like, even just take, for example, like, what do Hermione's parents tell their friends about where Hermione goes to school. Right. You know, it's like, I mean, like they have no ill will clearly yeah. towards anybody in the wizarding world. Like, <clears throat> I, I don't think that they're remotely ashamed of Hermione for being a witch. Like it seems like the type of thing where it'd be like, like, like they would be excited to maybe tell their friends and family or, um, or even like when Lily gets the letter, like the parents are so proud that there was a witch in the family. Right. Like even if they say like, Oh, we sent her to boarding school. It's like where? Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, would you care to elaborate on that? Like even at all, like which one did you choose? Because, I know like, we're looking for our, our kids as well. You right. Know? Or it's like, like, you know, or I mean, they're, they're both dentists. They probably, you know, do pretty well for themselves. So like they, they, I bet they have other friends whose kids go to boarding schools. Yes. You know, and it's like, Oh, it, the same one our kids goes to, or like we, we considered going there. It's just like boarding school abroad, abroad. <laughs> Please don't ask more questions. Don't ask questions we can't answer. <laughs> yeah. But this would be an interesting one that wouldn't affect the Dursleys in any way, shape or form that would affect uh, the Grangers though is whether or not again, like there's, there's any kind of magical Fidelius charm esque piece of information um, kind, of, kind of similar to what we've applied to like the sorting hat before where it's like, can Fred and George actually not tell Ron how the sorting goes because mm-hmm. there, there is like a charm on it so that like kids don't come into the sorting pre-prepared to attempt to like sway the hat one way or another. Right. Like what you need is the genuine authentic experience of walking in for the first time, having no idea what was going to happen. If, if this was sort of similar to, um, muggle born families where it's like, they know that their child is a witch or wizard, but they can't share the information with anybody. Right. Which like wouldn't affect the Dursleys because they don't want to share the information. With right. <laughs> but it would also mean that they, they were <coughs> incapable of doing so even if they did want to. Sure. Which that could be kind of interesting. It could be. In yeah. That could way. be something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that like just stops them from telling them. And and I don't really mean it for any reason other than like, you know, the statute of secrecy is so vitally important and and clearly like, you know, there are plenty of students at school that are in fact muggle born, which just in some way in my mind presents like if this if this hover charm is such a is such an issue, like it feels like there's a lot of liability attached to just any uh, like the parents of any muggle-born students. Yeah. Well, the other thing that's especially frustrating about this particular situation is that like the hover charm gets noticed by the ministry as a spell done by Harry, but like the apparating doesn't. Oh yeah, that's you know? true. Yeah, like shouldn't yeah. the, like because and I mean we've already sort of even talked about in this episode that like elf apparition is de- different than wizard apparition, but like true. clearly elf hover charms are the exact same as wizard hover charms because that registered but it's like if it was an apparition then it like they should immediately be able to know it's not harry right you know like because because harry can't do it (laughs) and it's like and and dobby's apparently been doing this all summer outside the house 
and like doing something to stop the owls. Apparently, not magically. <laughs> oh my know? gosh, Dom, he's just Dom is like, the owls. He's like on the gutter, ah! like just like free falling <laughs> off. Oh my gosh, I know it's so true. Yeah, so I don't know. That's a good point as well because yeah, it's it, I mean, this is the thing about the whole. Um, uh, the the trace is that it does it does feel like it's it's wonky in its rules at best. Yeah, and it, it lar- absolutely it, is. It largely seems like it's like one of those things where it's like what we really need to do is find a way to tie one arm behind Harry's back while he's home. Yeah, for the summers. that feels like the real purpose of it. Also, also not for nothing. If Dobby actually just wanted to stop, like force Harry not to go to school, all he had to do was come back the next night and do another hover charm. You know, that's true. <laughs> right. That's true. And then, <laughs> like, uh, guess what? Now yeah. you're expelled. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Enjoy. We'll never be able to prove it otherwise. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, <coughs> other tiny little uh, Easter egg uh, about this. Uh, it's not really an Easter egg, but Mafalda Hopkirk is the one who uh, the the letter is automated yes. from. This is the person that Hermione ends up. Uh, Polyjuicing during the Ministry heist in Deathly Hallows. Yes, I have always just found to be particularly interesting that it's sort of like like there's even a piece of it like where when they discover like oh I am uh, Mafalda Hopkirk like Harry could have been like you you <laughs> well she's also the one who um the, it's so fun yeah Mafalda Hopkirk's like job at the improper use of magic office is like a a good bit of continuity throughout the books it because is yeah I think she's also the one or the letter is also signed by her for the use of the Patronus charm yes. when the Dementor show up too. Yes, so it's yep. like she does show up a few times, which is just like, oh, it's just good. It's good that you were consistent in that. I know. She, you know what? She's she's doing her career well. Yeah. Well, she's obviously holding- she's not even there. This is clearly automated because it's nine twelve at night. I know. Yeah, that was the other thing I kind of wondered about was like what technology or it like even magic is in place that this was able to be like like orchestrated and delivered so swiftly. Yeah. Right, you know, like somewhere at the ministry, it was like like a quill was like, whoops, time to accuse somebody. Yes, it's like Mafalda's gonna wake, up, walk into work the next morning and be like, all right, who did we expel last? Who did I expel last night? You yes, know? exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh dear, what Harry Potter? Oh. Whoops, we <laughs> should. Yeah, even that, it feels like she should have walked into been like, that's probably not good. Yeah, it's like <laughs> we, we we should hang on. I need to I need to. Talk I should to look into this one. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can't expel him. Um, right, but either which way, once again, as I brought it up so many times, this threat of expulsion versus like the threat for Harry's life continues to be such a prominent worry for the first half of the series. Where later, all we have to do is worry about him being killed. You know what is crazy? is that Harry is constantly worried about being expelled for these like minor infractions like being out of school or being out of bed in the middle of the night. Meanwhile, like Umbridge is there for the entire year and never expels him. That's true. <laughs> you know? That's true. Like yeah. at any moment she could just be like, see ya. Yeah, and she she would have loved to as yeah. well. So right. Like some somehow she can't come up with a reason to do it, despite punishing him in many other ways. Right, right. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> um as we as we scoot forward a little bit though, uh <coughs> Harry's punishment is um deplorable. He, yes. he they put bars on his bedroom window. Uh they fit a cat flap to the bedroom door so that small amounts of food could be put in a few times a day. They let Harry out to use the bathroom morning and evening. Um, I just wrote after this. They could legit be arrested for this. I mean, it's genuine torture. It's just solitary confinement. Yes, and like imprisonment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like yeah, so it's it's like, you know, 
this is like one of those where if there was any way to just like flag somebody down from there, it's like, well, you can just get the dirt losing. I mean, they could just you know, I know, right? solve that problem. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, it feels like, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it, this is the other part is it's like he, he feels like so trapped, like, well, I can't magic myself out of the room because then I'll be expelled. But it's like, but otherwise you're just stuck in the room <laughs> yeah. and then you're also not going, which is as good as expelled. Yeah, it's because it sounds like at present. I'm pretty sure Vernon actually says specifically that he is not going back. Yeah, um, so yeah, yeah, he yeah, he says exactly that. He says I'm locking you up. You're never going back to that school. Never. And if you try and magic yourself out, they'll expel you. Um, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe the words are just trying to trap Harry in the room for just long enough uh, until we get yet another of um, two for two in this book. Yeah, so far. cliffhangers. A cliffhanger yeah. ending, which mm-hmm. I absolutely love. So Harry is eating his uh, stone cold soup. Yeah. <laughs> um, and poor Hedwig is having to endure the same. Um, absolutely poor Hedwig, who has been in a cage for weeks. Yes. And like a small cage. Not good. Not, Not yeah, good. Bad yeah. for birds. Bad for birds. They need to yeah. fly. Um, <laughs> but then Harry is as ever having one of his. And this is honestly like the, uh, the it's kind of that paradox. Dobby's paradox. I was talking about at the very beginning, which is basically Harry's having a dream that he's uh, like on a show in a zoo with a card reading underage wizard attached to his cage. People goggle through the bars uh, at him as he lays starving and weak on a bed of straw and the the and Dobby's in the crowd and the basically idea here is that Dobby is like Harry Potter is safe and it's like yeah but this is not good right like you know it's like okay so maybe he's not in mortal danger (coughs) anymore but like you know this the quality of life is so low there has to be a middle ground between between these two particular problems Um, but then in inside of his his dreaming he opens his eyes to see none other than the freckle faced red haired long nosed someone Ron Weasley was outside of Harry's window. (gasps) What? I love it. Man, tune in next week. I know. I know. This is a good. This is a good chapter. Yeah, the bur- the burrow is a good chapter. That's yeah. chapter three coming up next week. But man, there you go. That's Dobby's warning. All sorts of shenanigans happening here. Yes. My yes. Goodness. Um, I know. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. Just like an overall uh, wild chapter, especially when you're when you're just considering like all of the interesting bits of magic and play, both between um, you know the house elves and the trace and sort of some of the complicated uh, details attached to the those in for the most part i think a lot of the stuff that happens while we're at the dursleys it it seems like it usually is like maybe like a little more flimsy than other aspects of you know the overall story but i i think it's sort of because it's like the real mission the real goal is just to like continuously reinforce just like how miserable he is and just to make him feel as helpless as humanly possible because if you could even get like the the slightest like hold on anything then that's like where Harry would just focus all of his attention like you know, right. it's like at the very least I could go home and practice magic all summer and get really good at all the skills that I needed to do like, for year no, two. no no no, like, no 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 we can't we can't give Harry the opportunity to come into year two and be like well ahead of everybody else like, right uh, yeah because be, he was yeah you know, his 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 torture was like solved by practicing magic yes yeah, yeah. exactly yeah um, so anyway that that will round off chapter two and push us forward uh, looking ahead of, yeah obviously as we just said chapter three in the burrow um, do we have a review we absolutely do have a review, Ben, from Keith Creevy 9 Actually, gave me a name this time, which I feel like isn't a fake name because it 
has Creevy in it. It does. Like, you know, what a, a character we'll meet here in a couple chapters. Um, they just say, best podcast out there. Hey, brother. I love to watch your videos on the SCB YouTube channel and couldn't wait when I first heard about the podcast. I love how much detail you guys go into and can't wait for the later books. The episodes probably have to be two hours long. Whew, I, I have like I have wondered about the future books. So, like the chapters do get a lot longer. They so do. we'll see. Uh, we do get pretty nitpicky around here, but whatever. Um, it's a, overall, I love the podcast and hope that you get even even higher rankings on those leader leaderboards, which I didn't get to mention earlier, Ben. This week we are number one in Macad- Macedonia. Heck yeah! <laughs> in shout entertainment news. Shout out to Macedonia. Yeah, Thank what's you up? for tuning in. <laughs> Entertainment news. That's our sweet spot. That's, that's it. That's it. Yeah, this, this is the news. Just welcome to entertainment news through oh. the Gryffindor. Uh, and then they had a what if idea. What if Dumbledore never took the cloak from James? Oh, okay. What if Dumbledore had never taken the cloak from James? Mm, yeah, that, I mean, <coughs> I guess it means that the invisibility cloak remains at the Potters at the time of Voldemort's attack. Is there a world where James is able to successfully, like, like hide I, Lily I, and Harry? Hide feels like the wrong word, but I was going to say just hide himself. Um, but nah, like, I mean, the, the true, I mean, well, so James, I would count as a true ma- as like a, I don't know. He's like a true owner of the cloak. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. So and Dumbledore points out that the true power of the cloak is to like shield others or whatever. Ooh. So I can definitely see a world where like James still goes down, but like Lily and Harry survive, I guess. Okay. That's so interesting. <coughs> my, yeah. My mind, my mind immediately went to like, oh my gosh, is there a world like a what if that we could do where it's like, what if Harry was raised by James? Oh my gosh. And yeah. it's just literally like he just has it. Oh man. It makes me really sad to think about <laughs> oh God, the prospect yeah. of Harry having one of his parents at all. But like those are very interesting concepts because you could do it either way, right? Like you could have one situation where James as the true owner of the invisibility cloak. And, and I mean, really by, I mean like, you know, like by birthright, but then I think also by intention, um, would be using the cloak exactly as it was intended to be used, right? Which is to protect others from death, from death. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and in that way, it would mean, yeah. So Harry would be raised by Lily alone mm-hmm. but then he wouldn't be protected he wouldn't be protected he just wouldn't be found that night I, is that what you're supposed to think Voldemort just walks around the house like where are they <laughs> <laughs> god I thought this was it Wormtail. <laughs> gosh darn it yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was James Potter over there right I killed the right man yeah yeah yep 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 no that would be super interesting that would be super interesting um, but that's what I, I like to imagine. I mean, although to be fair, James doesn't even have, I mean, he has a wand and surely it's in the house, but he is otherwise unarmed when Voldemort enters. Right. So I, I mean, being so caught by surprise, whether or not they would be able to successfully use it. Right. That's it, the other thing. Right. Is it is a different question entirely. But um, if Harry is in his crib already, then the other scenario that you could contemplate would be one where um, when Harry goes to sleep, he is covered with the invisibility cloak just as like an extra measure. Uh, you know, like like as, a, as like a blanket. like every night, like every night. Oh, just just always. I mean, like, why not? You know, I, if it's there. That's an interesting thought. Yeah. Just like, why not? Uh-huh. Um, I guess that would mean again, it feels I mean, would like, Voldemort just doesn't find him at all. Voldemort wouldn't find I guess him. Lily could still. 
This is interesting. Oh, okay, okay. So, I so could you have you could have a situation where maybe like James is downstairs, doesn't have his wand, doesn't even have the cloak with him. Yeah. Like, but you know, the act of Voldemort killing him alerts. I mean, Lily knows that Voldemort's in the house, right? Yes. I think think like James calls up like you know, um, like Lily, it's him or whatever. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So. You could have like Lily cover Harry with the cloak uh-huh. and still choose to die, I guess, right? Okay. But then like Harry doesn't have the scar, but still has like whether or not Voldemort attacks him moments later, he still has the protection. Yeah. Right. So then later on, you could have Voldemort successfully hit Harry with Avada Kedavra and the spell would just activate, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, you can have, like, instead of it happening moments later, which is what typically happens, like, I suppose there could be a world where Harry, like, goes to school 10 years later and the first attack is just by Voldemort Prime and he can't, it won't work then. And then at that point in time, Harry's a lot less famous. Oh, that's true, because if Voldemort doesn't attack Harry, then he doesn't fall. He doesn't lose power. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Which, that's its own... Yeah, because so then Voldemort Prime is the one attacking him, right? But, this is what happened. But we then, did. well, but, but but the problem will be Harry will have his wand, so it'll do the uh, priority incantatum. Harry will have his his holly wand, which has the twin core, right? Which would share with Voldemort, right? So that would still protect him before Lily's sacrifice. Oh, right. Dang, that's kind of interesting, right? So then you could like literally <coughs> have Voldemort Prime attack him on more than one occasion, right? I mean, then when you get to the forest, like mm, what happens? This is well, this is tricky. Imagining that they both just have new wands in the forest as usual and nothing else changes, and he hits him, then it's like would Harry die at all? Because Voldemort never would have taken Harry's blood into him, but the protection would still be there from the initial, from Lily's death. So it's like, I think Harry doesn't die at all. This spell just immediately backfires into Voldemort. Yeah. Which then is a problem because then the, then the Hork, well, no, there's, there is no Horcrux inside of Harry. There's no Horcrux inside of, right. yeah, there's no okay, Horcrux so, inside okay. of Harry, but Nagini would still be alive. Right. At that point in time, at least, at least assuming every other thing continues to go well, the but same no, maybe way. Nagini wouldn't be there because Nagini is part of him hiding in the forest because he falls. Maybe Nagini wouldn't be there. Because, so, okay. So the other Horcrux would probably be like just another item then, like and there's no Nagini at all. Oh, I see what you're saying. <coughs> right, right, right. Because Harry's death was supposed to be the creation of the seventh Horcrux, but Harry never died as a child because Voldemort couldn't find him because he was covered by the invisibility cloak. Right. But he's still protected by Lily's sacrificial love protection. Right. Just um, unbeknownst to anyone. So at this point in time, Voldemort <coughs> basically has to find someone else to create the seventh Horcrux with. Yep. So at that point, possibly Dumbledore does more research. I mean, this always or maybe back. he just never made the seventh horse card because he's still just waiting to find Harry or he's waiting to find Harry. Yeah. Oh, man. See, that could be interesting. Um, like, 
is there a way? Because once again, my mind goes to the sword of Gryffindor. Because right. as ever, you know, he's looking to he's looking to complete yeah, the to set, complete the set, which would be like the most like the most Voldemort thing ever to do. But like that, what would be really interesting about that particular situation is that then instead of it being the Elder Wand showing its allegiance to Harry, instead you could have a situation where. Voldemort thinks he currently has the sword of Gryffindor and would go to pull it out, and yet Harry would actually feel it materialize like in his own belt loop or something. Oh man! And then <laughs> Harry has the sword of Gryffindor. Oh, that'd be great. That would be pretty sweet. That's that, pretty good. That would be pretty sweet because that would be uh, the sword would be revealing itself to a true Gryffindor in need, and Harry would be a true right. Gryffindor in need. Oh man. Okay. Okay. That's kind of fun because then Harry would like literally like double like he'd have like a wand and a sword in hand, and a wand, which a would sword. be exactly like Gryffindor himself. Oh, you're right. Because that That'd was why he great. had a sword in the first place. And then you could even see a situation where like Voldemort, like Avada Kedavra, somebody blocks it with the sword with the and sword. kills his own Horcrux. Right, man, man, that's pretty good. And then. I don't know. He would destroy that one and then he'd get all upset and then he would attack Harry again. But now Harry just takes the blow for real, but it doesn't matter because the sacrificial protection's there. And then Voldemort just backfires it into himself. That's exactly it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There I we mean, go. Well, that was a great question. Man, that was a good question. That was a fun ride for me. I, know. I, I was like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> hopefully that came across as organic. That was all just completely on the fly, but I, I that was pretty fun. Um, I love it. I and the sort of Gryffindor is one of those artifacts that I'm just positively obsessed with. Oh, yeah, it's I, a very it's just, good one. It's yeah. so cool. Um, so anyway, yes, absolutely. Great question. Uh, in the future, if you two would like to both leave a review um, and also tuck a little question inside of there, we would love that. And we will attempt to uh, read it and answer it here at one, the end of one of our shows. We well, sure will. God, that, feels, that one just feels like it could be a video at some point. Just there like, you go. what if <laughs> what if James had the invisibility cloak? Yes. Yeah, yes. There you go. I mean, I'd click it. Yeah, uh, yeah me too. Me too. All right. Well, you guys, thank you so much. Uh, and especially thanks to uh, Keith Creevy there for his excellent what if suggestion. Um, otherwise, I think that's going to do it for us here for chapter two of Chamber of Secrets. Join us next time for chapter three, The Burrow Through the Gryffindor. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.